Welcome to I Learned a Thing in the Bathroom from Dollar Shave Club, where we explain something very complicated in mere minutes to occupy your brain while you shave. In this edition, we'll be discussing the strangest food trends that have been lost to history, as explained by someone who sounds smart because he's British. Historically speaking, the idea of certain foods being fashionable was reserved only for a handful of rich aristocrats, since the majority of ordinary people were more concerned with just getting enough food, whatever it was, to feed their families. Still, if we're talking about the eating habits of history's wealthy gluttons, and we are, you can't go wrong starting with the Romans. They ate pizza, right? And a gelato. Yeah, no. Just about the most popular delicacy in ancient Rome was Dormouse, a small, extremely cute-looking rodent that the Romans preferred roasted and stuffed with nuts. The practice was eventually banned in Rome, although it's still relatively common in parts of Eastern Europe. Why would anyone eat a Dormouse? Roman banquets were all about showing off your money and influence. Novelty, rarity, and cost were the keys to Roman gourmet cooking, and anyone wanting to really impress their guests would have to serve up something pretty special. That's why, although by no means common dishes, all of the following have been recorded as being served at one time or another. Peacock tongues, stuffed pig udders, rabbit fetuses, and milk-fed snails. I am beginning to see why the Romans threw up after every meal. Well, that's a myth based on a misunderstanding. The word vomitorium is certainly real, but it didn't mean a special room for puking. It was the word used for any large-scale exit corridor, such as from an amphitheatre, or in modern terms, the main concourse leading you out of a sports stadium. Essentially, it refers to the building vomiting out its occupants. I see. So, did anyone else like to throw crazy banquets? Oh, yes. In the Middle Ages, European nobles loved themselves a crazy banquet, especially if they involved giant frickin' pies. How big are we talking here? Well, an account of a feast thrown by the Count of Anjou, third son of King Louis II of Sicily in 1455, claims that the second course of the six-course banquet involved two enormous meat pies, topped with smaller pies as crowns, each containing a whole roe deer, a gosling, nine chickens, ten pigeons, and a rabbit. What the heck did they serve for the other courses? More meat, mostly. A quarter of a stag, a pig, a stuffed sturgeon, a kid goat, a wild boar. On the fancier side, fried slices of young staghorn were considered a particularly dainty dish. Swans and peacocks were also popular at feasts, often stuffed with successively smaller birds like a medieval turducken. Did anyone serve food that wouldn't give you an instant heart attack? Well, moving forward a bit to the more delicate sensibilities of Victorian England in the 1800s, it was pretty common to make jelly from fish bladders. Of course it was. I should add that this wasn't for the taste, but the texture. They extracted a substance from the bladders called isinglass that worked kind of like gelatin. Then they added fruits and berries for flavour. So the Victorians weren't completely insane then? Well, I don't know. A book from 1861, Miss Beaton's Book of Household Management, contains a recipe for something called a toast sandwich. Perhaps the most pointless sandwich of all time, it was literally just a slice of toast with butter, salt and pepper, 
placed between two regular slices of bread. I'll have you know I invented that sandwich when I was seven years old. And it is amazing. Tune in next time for more I Learned a Thing in the Bathroom. And in the meantime, head to dollarshaveclub.com for more podcasts and a big old pile of grooming products.